0: Others with Purpose present to you, podcast with Purpose, where we educate, elevate, entertain, and inspire individuals to reach their truest and most authentic self. We're going to have conversation, we're going to have laughter, and we may even cry, but we're going to have a good time doing it. I'm your host, Leo Wright. Let's get right into it what's up what's up everybody welcome to my first broadcast podcast with a purpose i am here today with my great friend erasmus alexander what's going on my brother
1: Mm -hmm. oh you know just living and loving and making the best out of life
0: that's all you can do that's all you can do well listen up everybody So, Arrestimus has joined me today. For those of y'all who don't know, he is a native of Charleston, our hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Arrestimus is a, I can say R&B for the most part, R&B soul singer, um, entertainer, who he's been doing this for a while, but the reason why I have him on today, because just like I said... This is the first of a five-part series that deals with mental health. But not only that, we're also, as I say in my intro, we're talking about entertainment. And with him being an entertainer and coming July 30th, Brothers with Purpose is having a white party. And here's our very own live entertainment here in the flesh. (laughs) And then we're going to get into some of his music, talking about his music and what it is that he's doing out there and why he's actually doing it. Because a lot of his music, um, my favorite song is Just As I Am, which was his first single, um, mm-hmm. has a lot of meaning behind it. And I know it from just us having conversation, it had a lot to do with things that you were going through throughout life during the, in entire time. So let's go ahead. Why don't you just tell me, let's tell the audience a little bit about you first, and then we'll get into everything else.
1: Okay. Uh, well, as... Leandra said, I am uh, from Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, currently serving in the Air Force. Been in for a good amount of years now, <laughs> and um, <laughs> decided a few years ago to start professionally pursuing music. I have been singing all my life, really. Uh, but when I joined the military, it slowed down a little bit, a, a lot of bit, actually. Uh, but I-, I decided, you know what? This is what really brings me joy. Um, I've seen other people living free both in and out of the military doing what it is they love and I'm like you know I can do this too so I um, decided to do that and yeah that's really it I don't I don't know how else to uh to what to go into but yeah
0: yeah that's okay it. that's cool so just as I am was your first single that you released um, yeah. the first time I heard it, I remember when you released it and I was like, oh my god, he's doing his music. So I went yeah. and I listened to the song and it resonated with me so much, especially during the time I was going through some things in my life. Um, so tell me what was the premise behind Jess I Am
1: Well, that that particular song, first of all, I'm glad that it it did resonate with you, and I hope it resonates with whoever listens to so it. I hope all of my music Resonates with the people and touches with them, and they can relate in some kind of way. But that particular song, I was just reflecting, actually, uh, on a couple different things: being loved as I am, or someone, you know, being loved as they are. It could be different ways. Of course, a lot of people think about romantic situations. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, is absolutely there, but it's also family, friends, you know, they love and accept you just as you are too, and as well as yourself, Uh you know, that was something that is in there as well. All of those different perspectives and and positions are what I wrote that song from, you know, you you do have to love yourself, (laughs) you know, with are We're really hard on ourselves, especially people who are really driven and type A type of people.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Really hard on yourselves. And we have to accept that we are flawed. And, and, you know, sometimes those flaws, some people can deal with them, some people can't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can't deal with our own flaws, you Mm -hmm. know? But uh, loving ourselves as we are is, is a good foundation to have to really just start dealing with other people, dealing with ourselves and dealing with other people better.
0: Yeah, I I know for me, when I heard the song, that was the exact premise I took for it far as like, just being able to accept you I think a lot of times we don't do that. We don't do that self check and be like, do I really love myself? Like, do I Mm -hmm. really, you know, because I like, for me, when I heard the song, I was going through some stuff, um, in my personal life at the time. I was handling a breakup Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And, um, so I just lost me, you know, so I had to reevaluate a lot of things and just get me back again. And, um, Mm -hmm and i think it's important that we recognize that you know what i'm saying like we recognize yeah. that at the end of the day if we can't love ourselves how can we expect others to love us you know that self love is that most important love and um so like that's why that song just that's why it's all it's been my favorite song when since i heard it and the fact that you wrote it and i know you we you know we got history and stuff like that and i was just like yeah. wow like And, you know, and I think that's important in music. I think that's important in music with any artist is to... Because you want to be able to reach your audience and you want to be able to touch your audience in ways that just life itself may have shut them out. And and I think that's important. So... Like I said, this is our first of a five part series on mental health and one of the things that we mm-hmm. do with we're going to be doing with Brotherhood with Purpose is um, we're launching in the fall fingers crossed we will be launching one of three programs. Um, that program is called My Brother's Keeper. My Brother's Keeper is a program that's designed to address mental health for black and Latino brothers. You know, a lot of times we are the ones who keep all our feelings bought up. And it's because how we've been raised. You know, we've been raised to be strong, you know, black and brown men. But nobody have told us how to handle our feelings. So it can lead to so many different things. I know for me, it led me down a road of... um, self-destruction in a sense when i say self-destruction i'm not talking about like drugs and alcohol and all that stuff just self-destruction and then in a sense of not valuing who i am and allowing people to dictate how i should live my Mm -hmm. life in a sense so Mm -hmm. and i know so many people relate to that but there are those who actually turn to other things like substance abuse You know, or um, some even commit suicide. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to draw attention to this. I feel like as black men who grew up in the South, you know what I mean, and have we have a sense of society's pressures on us, we have this sense of family pressures on us especially when we're the oldest one in our family and everybody's looking at us to do this and do that and you know you're held to this standard you know there's so much we have to deal with that nobody have ever told us to talk about our feelings or how to talk about our feelings and what's going on with us so Mm -hmm. with that being said and i actually went through therapy and did the work to get myself to a great, happy place. You know what I mean? To be able to, you know, which is important. Like, you know, being in our happy place is important. And that's why I want to, you know, create an organization that address these issues for us, create a safe space. You know, it's going to be a group therapy session. So it's a session that's when we come together as brothers talking about our issues we have somebody to lean on because that's important it's important to have a group of people who you can lean on you can count yeah. on and more importantly yeah, you can trust too because yeah. trust is the key factor and i think that's that's what's lacking a lot of time in a lot of the relationships we tend to build is that we still don't mm-hmm. have that underlying trust for each other so absolutely um Being, you know, I've known you for a while, and we've had these conversations before. Have Mm -hmm. you ever struggled with any mental health
1: issues? You know, I have. Um, I I have. And I want to kind of set it up to where when I go into... Because in getting help, um, for me, it was a journey. It was... It was as much of a challenge to get the help as the challenges that I was having that led me to need to get the Mm -hmm. help. (laughs) I can
0: relate. I Um, can relate.
1: And it was so crazy. I think that those mindsets, when it comes to men in general, particularly black men and uh, people of men of color, um, we're held to a standard and society is so conditioned to see us as as not having the full emotional capacity or bandwidth of human beings. Mm -hmm. And so we don't get that opportunity to uh, delve into that part of humanity saying that, hey, you know, I'm dealing with something and I don't know what to do. We always have to present some type of bravado Mm -hmm. or some type of certainty and absolute, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even think of the word right now, but just just being so absolute in what we're doing. And if we question something that we know we want to do, then, you know, something's wrong with us or if we uh, are having a hard time then something is wrong Mm -hmm. and wrong in a negative sense, Mm -hmm. like, you know, really trying to tarnish or smear a person Mm -hmm. where that's just being human. You know, if you're dealing with a lot of shit, excuse me if that's... (laughs) It's okay. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But if you're dealing with a lot of stuff and it starts to weigh you down, that is normal. Yes. You know, if, if you have a lot going on, it's okay to say, hmm, this is actually affecting me. And unfortunately, like I said, you know, men of color, we just don't get that opportunity to say that, hey, I need help. And it in certain circles and unfortunately a lot of circles uh in in societal views is not respected uh we have to be at a point and this is something you said before uh when you were dealing with what you were dealing with and you started doing that self-sabotage and you know you you weren't doing drugs or doing anything that was necessarily extreme mm-hmm. but that's how people see us needing help.
0: Mm-hmm. We have to
1: be at that point yeah. where we're slitting our wrists, mm-hmm. where we're taking drugs to escape, and we're just completely strung out. And we have to be in some extreme crisis mode. Whereas rock bottom for everybody doesn't look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, s- some people can get to a point where they say, Hey, I'm not quite myself. I need to do something about this and still be functioning. You know, functioning as they were before, but they know internally something is different because they feel it within themselves. Whereas some people, they do themselves have to go all through it, you know, and go all the way to what is considered that extreme, um, that normalized extreme for, oh, yeah, now you need help. Mm -hmm. And that was something that uh, in my journey, like I said, getting the help because I was still working, you know, still performing well at work, still at least putting on good enough to uh, not, I guess, ruffle feathers with people and not be snapping on people. But internally, I knew something was up. The way I was responding to situations just was not the way that I normally did. Mm -hmm. And granted, you know, you grow, you get older, you do change as a person. But, you know, I didn't feel myself,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and I was really starting to go through it privately. <laughs> you know, like I'm a private always. person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm a private person. So it's not like I'm gonna go outside as soon as I walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just be like that with mm-hmm. everybody. Cause really, you know, yeah. I I felt I had to keep it together because a legit had to keep it together mm-hmm. as long as I could keep it together. And when I felt like I was unraveling, um I had to take a moment. Um but it, like I was what I was getting to before was uh, going to seek the help. <laughs> that was that was a challenge itself. Uh, because of everything I just said, I had uh, counselors, psychiatrists, whatever you want to call them, who just could not understand that the person that they were looking at, needed help
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now you know you know it's funny because when i was going through counseling my counselor told me the same exact thing because like i would tell her all these things that i was doing and i was a part of and then i would tell her about my past and all the things that i dealt with and she was like mm-hmm. you don't look like nothing like you went through and i was like that's the, that's the point. Like that is the yeah. point. Like just because we hold it together doesn't mean inside we're not flames are going off, you know? Right. So what was the, what was the actual moment? Cause I know you said it was a journey for you to even get the help. So what was the moment that last straw, as you will, that said, you know what? I'm going to this office today. Like, what was that moment?
1: Oh okay. For me it was it was a few things that were just happening all at once. Um and I realized that I was both angry Mm -hmm. at Everyone Like, I was mad all the time and also very sensitive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, everything bothered me. That was when I knew I might need to talk to somebody.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you know, things bother you, you know. Mm-hmm. Some things bother you, some things don't. Mm-hmm. Typically, I'm not bothered by a lot of things. Um, we all, again, have our triggers, but... M- overall i'm not really bothered by a lot thank god <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> but me, I
1: get it. when i realized that everything i mean even the smallest things like mm-hmm. me driving and a bird flying in front of my car and i got distracted by the bird and then like the car in front of me like slammed on brakes and so i'm slamming on brakes Okay, so first of all, I am a safe driver. I just looked up real, real quick. <laughs> looked up real, real quick. Um, and when I look back down, I saw the car in front of me stop and I'm like, God, you know, just yeah. Uh and I get on the phone with somebody and I hear them chewing, you know, and I'm like, uh, 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 or I go to work and I log into my computer and my computer's not logging on as fast as I wanted to. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, like even the little things and that's, those are little things. But then when the big shit came, (laughs) you know, I'm already worked up because of the little things. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not how I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I also realized that, um, people, people, I just started disliking people again that's yeah, not how I definitely am Definitely
0: not. that's not how definitely I am at all
1: um, and I'm like I can't be this way I can't be a person who's angry at the world mm-hmm. who dislikes everybody you know because everybody ain't a problem but mm-hmm. damn it if I'm mad at everybody you know <laughs> so I'm like let me I, I need to go talk to somebody because I'm not myself okay. and I need to figure out what it is that I'm like the way I'm internalizing everything what is it really that's, that I'm doing and how can I change it? Because clearly I'm at a point that I don't need to be or want to be and can't be.
0: Good. That's what's so, up. So in that process, so finally got to that breaking point where everything was bothering you. was like, okay, let me go talk to somebody. I need to figure this out. And in the process of going through counseling and talking to someone and um, getting... On the other side of anger, you know what I mean. How mm-hmm. was that process? Talk to me about that process. Explain to me how was the process. How did the process made you feel? And if you had to give one takeaway from the experience itself,
1: hmm. what could? Now you know, I want what, you to share too. Now you. I will, you I, will,
0: too I will. I will. I will. I'm gonna <laughs> share about my process. But you know, right now, the spotlight's on you. So, <laughs> but I am. I will. I definitely will because I I want to re. I, what I want to do is I want to try and relate our experiences mm-hmm. so others can relate to our experiences as well. You know.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll go about it this. I'll i lay out a storyline. Try not to get too detailed because mm-hmm. I don't want to put nobody on blast in yeah. a way that, um, you know, is is messy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but. As far as the first counselor that I went to, the very first—I I, don't—I don't even know how long I was talking. I wasn't talking that long. Um, and the first thing out of her mouth, "Oh, so you want some meds?" I'm like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> uh, okay, no. And so I went somewhere else because uh-huh. <laughs> just not even listening to wow. what the hell I'm saying. Wow. I went to another counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through uh, before I got there. I went through a resource that's available to um, the military, mm-hmm. um, and that that resource that agency referred me to that counselor. Can you tell Actually, us what the, the first?
0: Can you tell us the name of the agency if you remember it?
1: Um, I'd rather not because I don't want to discourage people from reaching out if they really do need help. Okay. Um, I do remember. Uh, but yeah, I'd rather not discourage people because it's not, my experience isn't necessarily everyone's experience, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm just speaking on what happened with me. Okay. Um, so I, but the first three counselors I went to, unfortunately, were all through that, that agency. Um, they were all local to where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, like I said, didn't go back to that particular person. I went to a different counselor. And the first session, um, at that point, I was actually really breaking down. By then I I was breaking down. I could barely keep it together during that session. And this counselor said I was a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That I was a baby, and that the only way that they would help me is if I were to take meds, and then they would help me. And I'm like, again, this is the first session, the very first session. There were some other things that happened, but that was the biggest thing that I, you know, after I collected myself Mm -hmm. and really was like, this is what happened in this session, I decided I wasn't going to go back to that person. Um, I was considering taking the meds though, because again, I was really breaking down at that mm-hmm. point. I, mm-hmm. I, I really, it was difficult in a way I had never had, uh, difficulty approach me in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't go back there. Cause I'm like, nah, nah. Um, thank God that I had the wherewithal at least to say no, you know? Uh-huh. Um, then I went to another therapist, Not. I, I ended up returning to this one. This particular therapist um, was, was different. Um, I don't think that this therapist, I think they listened more, but they really didn't, They they did not, I don't think they were completely open. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. I think that there was some bias. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure there was, actually, uh, because of just, it was either the first or second session where I'm being told things about me, like somebody's trying to read me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh Well, I can tell that, you know, you're educated, cause the way I speak, I can tell you're educated. I'm, I'm like, okay, cause you, you know, you speak well and all that good stuff. I can tell you, you come from money. I'm like, okay, <laughs> because of the way you dress. Now, that was the part that I was like, okay. Anyone who knows where the hell I'm from, <laughs> my family is not rich. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with assumptions <laughs> with people you know exactly yes exactly mm-hmm. um and um and that that part right there was like why are you trying to read me if I'm coming to you for help this don't mm-hmm. make no sense what the hell is this um that that really don't make no sense but that was that the session that really made me um, say I'm not going back to this person is because they decided, I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but it was so random, so random. And it had nothing to do with what the hell we were talking about. But this person talking about, oh, you're black, you know. <laughs> wow. Fuck you mean? Like, I don't know that. Like, I don't look in the mirror every day and see my black-ass face. <laughs> you know? Like... <laughs> the hell I am, been to what the hell I was, they never forget what the hell I was, what the hell is this? And so I'm like, nah, I don't need to go to this, because this particular person clearly sees blackness a specific way, mm-hmm. and not as it really is. Yeah. And so that's what I was talking about uh, when it comes to us, black men, but men of color, not being able to have that full range of oh. human experience. Mm-hmm. It falls within what society has been conditioned to believe yes. how we experience this world, exactly. as opposed to how we actually do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. that's a that's a disservice. I don't like that for us, to be honest. Yeah. So that's why I think it's like, I salute what you're doing when it comes to uh, the, the what you're gonna be kicking off soon. <laughs> And allowing that safe space in a group setting, or even if it were one-on-one, however it is, Mm -hmm. allowing that, allowing us an opportunity, a space to say, hey, you know, shit's kind of tough right now. Or this is affecting me and I don't know what to do about it and not be judged, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's let me clap that up. Oh, well, thanks. But what about you, though? What, how was your experience?
0: So, you know, I can say for me, I only had one, um, one counselor or therapist, however you want to put it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and she was amazing. Um, literally, because for me, what got it to the point was one of my friends, um, I I was on the phone with my daughter one day and We were I can't even remember what she was talking about because that's just how, how I end up tuning her out. And it was like I was getting irritated by what she was saying to me. So when I hung up the phone, my friend immediately called to my attention. He was like, what's wrong with you, boy? You felt really agitated and irritated with your daughter. He was like, I've never seen you act like that toward her. You know what I mean? Hmm. Everybody, anybody who hmm. know me know my daughter is my world. Like that is Your my entire
1: world. world. Yes. You know, yes. and
0: when he said that to me, I was like, "Okay, I it didn't." It, so it was. It sort of like played in my head, and then also, this was during the time of the um, the whole um, Me Too movement first kickoff. And, um, I was one morning, I was wa- watching the view and Rose, um, Gowen, whatever her name is. I can't remember her name from charm. You know, she was the one who sort of like launched everything with, um, what is his name? The big, um, media mogul, his whole scandal, Harvey Weinstein. So the whole, wow. yeah, she was on mm-hmm. the view talking about the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Mm -hmm. And I had a panic attack in the midst of her talking about it. I had a panic Mm -hmm. attack because, you know, part of my things that I didn't deal with is the fact that, you know, I was molested from the age of of five until I was like 16 years old. And she just was... I didn't know that. Yeah, she was talking... And literally like everything she was saying, it just resonated with me so heavily that I immediately mm-hmm. had a mm-hmm. panic attack. And I was like, something is not right. <laughs> so I went yeah. and I went to the, to the service um, and I um, got this counselor. And when I went into her, her first question to me is, what's the reason you're here? That was her first question to me. Her first, she, was, she just came in, she introduced herself. And mm-hmm. she was like, so, what brings you here today? Just like that. Calm. Her voice was just angelic. And yeah. it just immediately made me comfortable. I started crying. That's what the- <laughs> yeah. I started bawling. Yeah. Like, literally started bawling. And I just started talking. From session one, I just started talking and I started unloading. And at the end of that session she literally told me she said this has never in all my years of being a counselor this has never happened to me before Ah. and she was very transparent with me she was like normally it takes two to three sessions for clients to open up she said but you was Uh just you was I was like "Cause I knew there was something not right you know what I mean and
1: right you know you
0: yeah like I just knew like I knew and after each session I just felt lifted, felt lighter, like all Best of the stuff. stuff that I dealt with in my youth, in my childhood, yeah. it just, Yeah. after each session, and it, it just became easy, it came lot, and you know, it just became a lot more, and things just started looking clearer, and I was finally able to open up to, you know, my family about the molestation, and started opening up to more people about it and started talking about Mm -hmm. it and just started talking about you know those things and then I went through this process of gaining like I guess you can say I was falling back in love with self yeah, and didn't realize and I'll be honest I didn't realize until I was in therapy that I lost who I was as a person because I still was still doing all the things that I was doing leading my life the same uh-uh. but didn't realize uh-uh. I lost who I was as a purpose as a right. person and my purpose in a sense so right. Right. The, the journey right. it, was, it was amazing and it was definitely transformative for me like it you know, the process, I was able to figure out a lot of stuff. I was able to work through a lot of stuff. I was able to, you know, build that confidence in myself so I can open up to my family about things that was going on and what, what I was dealing with mm-hmm. and what I dealt with. And, um, yeah, and it it was, it can was amazing. Can I ask you a question about that? Huh?
1: Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, yeah. How did your family react when you came out and told them about what had happened to you?
0: So my mother, um, my 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 oldest sister knew already because me and her were were extremely close, and I told her. So my oldest sister knew, but no one else knew. So I told my my mother first. So, and it was mm-hmm. funny how we how it happened. So, I, I was I went home because at the time I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I went to Charleston mm-hmm. and I uh, went home and I was I was like, Mom, let's go to the store. I need to talk to you about some stuff. So we went to McDonald's, got some coffee, and as we was driving back, I started telling her. And she didn't talk, she just listened. This is the only time in my entire life my mother literally just listened to everything because she knew I was in therapy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she just listened. She literally That's listened. Right. We got um, back to um, her place and we parked outside and we was in the, in the car just still talking. And she mm-hmm. started crying. And mm-hmm. she said, this was her exact words, paraphrase, she was like, mm-hmm. this is my fault. And I was like, "No, it's not. I refuse, and I will not allow oh, you to man. do yourself like that."
1: Right, right.
0: And I immediately stopped her, and I was like, "No, it is not your fault. You was doing the best you could at the time with the situation that was dealt with you, and I that it's was dealt true. to you." And I was like, "So no, you, I would not. I, I said, no, you were the best mother." And I I refuse to allow you to you to blame what happened to me on you because it's not you. It right. was not your fault. And right. she was like, but I said, no, there is no but. I'm here blame to tell you, no Mama. Yeah. I don't blame you for what happened to me. Right. It it was a, it, it happened, and we're gonna we're gonna work through this and we're gonna work past it. You know. And I just was telling her and coaching her and talking to her and, and you know to the point where she you know she stopped crying. And we just talked. Like, literally, I have never talked to my mother like that ever before. And it was so amazing. And me and my mom is very close. Like, we are extremely close. And I think that brought us even closer. You know what I mean? Because yeah. after, the, and then it just, it, it just did something to our relationship in a sense. Um mm-hmm. And then, after me and her had the conversation, we went in the house. Literally, I had all my siblings, my sisters and brothers, come to my mom's house and I told them what happened. And um, they all, other than my older sister, because she knew, um, they all were sitting there in awe. They had no idea. And, and you know, and I told them, I said, but you know what, y'all? I said, it is what it is. I am great. Literally, that's what I was like, I am great. I am good, you know, counseling helped me. And I was like cuz I was that's able great. to process, I was able to go through this and I was able to forgive. And that's was important. And I didn't forgive them for them. I forgived it for me because it was right. it was the last step that I needed to take to release it all. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like the, it's like they tell you all the time: forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving. Forgiveness is for you. It's for what needs for you to do to take that step to move past your hurt. And a lot of Listen. times, a lot of times, it is hard. It is hard to Listen. forgive somebody who Listen. wronged okay. you.
1: Okay. It is so hard. Yo.
0: Trust me, I know. Listen, but again, it is not for them. It is for you. And if no, and if all of y'all out there don't remember nothing from this broadcast today, remember this. Forgiveness uh-huh. is not for the person that you are forgiving. Forgiveness is for you. It is for you. Because when you forgive somebody, let me tell you, you release a world of anger, resentment. You release all of that. Yeah. That resentment.
1: You that release resentment. it. Let me tell you. I am working in that area right now. Um I've been working in that area. Um for me it's it's one of those things that I'm still figuring out. I can't mm-hmm. say that I'm over here bitter and not forgiving people. Um but there are some who I am able to just be like, you know what, Psh, whatever. Then some some situations and some people is is harder than others and I'll be honest. I'm like, no. I get it. I want to. I get <laughs> you know? it. Like, you earned me disliking you. I get it. Every time I see you, you're gonna be reminded. And, and I'll be honest about that. That that's something I don't tell anybody honestly. I want to say something but to you. I want to say. Y'all you know.
0: I want to say something to you. You made a statement. Like you made the statement. The statement you made was that you they earned you disliking them because you forgive them doesn't mean you have to still like them. True. True. That so just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you need to start back talking to them doesn't mean y'all have to be right. buddy buddy oh, pal absolutely. pals absolutely. it means nothing you can still dislike that person you can still but the forgiveness part is you releasing a sense because forgiveness hurts you it hurts you more than not forgiveness but that anger and resentment it hurts yeah. you because think about right. it. That person is probably over there not giving a rat's...
1: Right. Living their life. And here it is. You're
0: holding on to Which all of this.
1: I'm, and so that's why I, I have to work on it. Like I said, I don't yeah. want to be big. And it's when a process. That I'm disliking all these people. You know, <laughs> people. I'm forgiveness
0: forgiveness all is a process. It's okay. That forgiveness ain't. is a process. So, yeah. And you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. Because, and let me tell you, for me, like, and my friends can tell you, I'm somebody. When I'm done with you, yeah, I can see you in the street, and I can act like I don't know you. Still do that, even after I forgive you, Absolutely. because you again, it's not for you. It's not for you to know. It's not for you to understand. It's none of that is for you. It is for me, and me only, and that's what matters. Um, but you know. I, I encourage you to continue to work on it and process it, right. and you—you you will am. see when you Thank get you. to that point where you can forgive people and just be like, you know what, I'm not. This is not even worth it. it let me tell you, that's exactly how it's going to be. I know. Real world experience, real life experience, mm-hmm. you, whatever you want to call now, it. Let me be clear, it's not everybody. Yes, <laughs> it's not everybody. <laughs>
1: You know, but uh, I, I will say there are certain people in certain situations where I still find myself, like I have to check myself, I'm like, hold on, why am I triggered? Why am I feeling mm-hmm. whatever it is I'm feeling, you know? Um, and, and I recognize that in myself. And again, like I said, it's something I'm currently <laughs> working on. Yeah. But it's not
0: everybody. And I get it. And I, let me tell you, when you forget when you finally forgive whoever it is, when you when they come in your presence, <laughs> you're gonna be so nonchalant with them, it's not even gonna phase you. I'm telling you. But let's move on to some lighter stuff and let's get more yes, into your you music. Mean, like <laughs> that was heavy. Those are some heavy conversation. Okay. But that's what this
1: is all about. I mean, but it is heavy. But you know what? It's heavy, but it's necessary. Exactly. We have to have these conversations. conversations. Like
0: if we don't have these conversations, how can we ever heal internally? You know what I mean? That's what like people be walking around with smiles on their face sometimes, but dealing with so much and don't know how to do it. And it's because they don't have those conversations. So that's what this is about. That's what podcasting with the purpose is all about. It's putting it out there so people can feel comfortable with also sharing. So, that's like I said, let's go back in. So, on July 30th, you will be here in Las Vegas, Nevada for the all-white cocktail fundraiser sponsored by Brother With Purpose. Y'all, I am so excited about this event. It is going to be an amazing event. So, please, go on Eventbrite. Go to our website, brotherwithpurpose.org, to purchase your ticket now. Please, you don't want to miss this event. It's going to be an amazing event. So tell me about your excitement. Tell me what you got in store for the oh, people and everything. So
1: I am excited because it's something that is launching off y'all's fundraising. It's a fundraise. It's a good purpose, you know? Yes. And so I am excited to be a part of something good. Um, I appreciate the invite too, <laughs> you know, of course. I really do. Um, I am looking to, well, I'll be, of course, a week from releasing my, soon to, uh, uh, my upcoming single, uh, Love Myself, as we were talking about Mm self-love earlier, but Love Myself, which we can go into that whenever you want, Um, but I'll be definitely performing that one. Okay, (laughs) okay. And uh, Everyone Loves Just As I Am, so I'll be singing that one, too. Uh, well, I glad. want to, I want to sing, uh, and perform another song, um, that's going to be on the upcoming EP. Okay. Just to give a little difference, cause this this EP that's coming up is going to be different than what my sound has been so far. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that, but okay. I'm also excited to to just be doing this. All the songs on there, just like all the songs up till now, are about self-love mm-hmm. about love or about respecting uh, uh your brethren and sistren um it's about good uplifting things so um but it's just delivered in a different way so okay. I, um, i'm excited about that i'm excited about the doing a quasi promotion tour <laughs> <laughs> with the fundraiser yes uh, Yes. 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 Okay.
0: So let's get. You mentioned "Love Love Myself," which is new EP. Your new single. Sorry. Your new single that's coming yes. out on July twenty second. So. July 22nd. Which is tomorrow. All platforms. Yes. Make sure y'all download right. "Love Myself" by Erasmus Alexander. Y'all gotta get, listen. Yes. I'm telling y'all. Y'all are gonna. So what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna play a snippet of "Love Myself," and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about it.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I love myself.
0: So that was a snippet of "Love Myself." Um, released on all platforms, July twenty second, which is tomorrow. So make sure y'all go down download "Love Myself" by Erasmus down Alexander. Those. Um, so, tell me about the premises behind Love Myself.
1: So, Love Myself was specifically speaking about self-love, and I was reflecting on my journey with loving me, Mm
0: -hmm. how
1: I used to feel, and how I feel now. Um, and it, it, you know, there's a, the, the song starts off, you know, that, okay, so, Get the words together. I'm trying to say more than one thing at once. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down, team. Bring it
0: together. Get the words out. Bring it together.
1: Okay. Um. But, so, I was reflecting on how I used to feel about myself. And a lot of people, I didn't really realize when I was younger that I actually looked good. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't ugly. I didn't think I was like some more, oh my God, I'm God's gift. Mm -hmm. But... um, and I never thought I was a troll I just didn't think that I was a good looking person mm-hmm. um, and it never dawned on me that that would be something that people would find appealing the way I looked um you know I remember somebody asked me years ago actually uh what my favorite physical feature was and it was my hair <laughs> cause that's what I love now I'll be rocking a ball head <laughs> but you know I love my hair mm-hmm. Uh but looks just was didn't even didn't matter. Um but then I started to realize the more I started to love myself, I started to love things about my character, my personality, and also I ain't ugly. And I mean that as damn I look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I know that's right. You and it's say not from so. a conceited place. It's not from a conceited place. It's from a place of I just look good and I know I do. You know? <laughs> yes, that's important. Uh,
0: it's important to tell yourself that.
1: It really is. It really is. And so I was. I wrote the song. uh, It start off by saying, "Damn, I look good. I'm so sexy. Damn, I'm so fly." I'm a motherfucking vibe. I'm a vibe, I'm a vibe. (laughs) All right, now. (laughs) Uh, And that's the way the song starts. Now, Mm -hmm. as I was getting done with the song, I started realizing, you know, if I want people to listen to it, it has to be relatable. And I started thinking, you know, these are things that not just me, uh, thoughts that I've not just had, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody can listen to the song and and say the same things to themselves, you know, that's uh, as I was promoting it. On social media, I was saying it's a mantra, you know? It is. It's a PSA yeah. and a reminder, yeah. you know, to tell yourself that. Damn, I look good. Damn. I am so sexy. <laughs> Damn, I'm fly. <laughs> i right. motherfucking vibe.
0: I know, that's right.
1: And I love myself, you know? Um, so that's where uh, that came from, just really reflecting on my, my self-acceptance in that journey. Um, and in the verses, I go and break it down a little bit more.
0: That's what's up. Is that me? I'm
1: hearing. It. Yes, it is. So <laughs> you you were playing you're in the background,
0: me? which I love it. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes, but you know that's what's up because I think a lot of times when we, like I said, the self destruction part that I was going through was parts of that, and like God knows anybody who know me now know that I don't care. I call myself conceited. I am who I am. It is what it is. If I don't have hey. these these attitudes about myself, I can't expect nobody else to. And I will never, now, currently, in my most authentic self that I am, I will never not tell myself I look good. Like, I'll be, listen, (laughs) if anybody who's following me on social media can tell, because I post millions of pictures of myself all the time. (laughs) Because, honey, I love the way I look. All this beautiful melanin. Listen,
1: I love this chocolate.
0: Um, you, you have to, you but
1: said you... that, that chocolate and that melanin, you know what? Because that's something that in the song I do flex with towards the end, mm-hmm. because I started thinking about the things that people tried to shun me or other me or ostracize me or just show me for being black is one of those things. Having all this extra melanin, that's mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, we're from this. This is a trigger for some people, but, uh, we're from a city that makes the news because of racist mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so having that experience is something that's part of my story. Yeah. Being dealt with unfavorably uh, by somebody who wasn't black. Yeah. Because I'm black. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, those things happen. Having that bias that people they are not outright, I want to kill you, but they're biased. They're prejudiced. Yeah. Uh, And that was something. So I flex with my blackness and my melanin. I flex in there that I am educated. No shade for people who didn't go to college, and that's not ever how it's ever going to be. But there are people who do shit on college-educated Black people, and that's ridiculous. Especially Black um, men,
0: especially Black yeah, men. yeah. Yep.
1: That's ridiculous. Um, then there's um, there's the fact that you know I'm not. Robbing Peter to pay Paul, scraping a bottle of the barrel, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not falling out of control. I won't ever, you know, well, just, I won't ever say that because, God willing, I will be falling Hello. <laughs> out of control. But thank God that, like, now I'm at a place where I don't have to worry if I'm going to be able to eat mm-hmm. that day. I don't have to worry or wonder where I'm going to sleep. And there was a point in life where I was there, you know? So I'm glad that I can flex and say that at yeah. this point and so at the end of the song before the surprise there's a a part where I start flexing on those things
0: and that's yeah. that's that's what's up i love it i can't wait to hear the whole song so you know i'm gonna download it first thing tomorrow um midnight hey, yes so yes again so we're about to wrap it up um Yo, E, I am so grateful to you in so many ways. You know, um, one, to you too. coming out here to Vegas to help us kick off our fundraising, you know, campaign in a sense for Brothers with Purpose. Also, <laughs> joining me today for my first episode. Like, this is the first of many. Yeah, yeah and you know, yeah. It's, you know, it's all about... Being able to get the word out and people being able mm-hmm. to see people like us and understand, like, you know what? I can relate to him. I can relate to e Rasmus. I can re- relate to Leo. You know, because at the end of the day, if we're not living our life with purpose or trying to make a difference, then what's the purpose? You know what I mean? Right. So we're going to end it here. Thank you again. Everybody, please follow E. Let them know your social media handles.
1: So, on Instagram, I'm Lord, L-O-R-D, underscore, Erasmus, E-R-A-S-M-U-S. That's on Instagram. On all other social media, you can type in Erasmus Alexander, and you'll see my big head (laughs) with a green head wrap. uh, And that will be me. Click that follow, please. please.
0: Yes, y'all follow him. Please go download his music on all um, streaming platforms. They're there. Follow him and everything. And, of course, we definitely want you to follow Brothers With Purpose. You can follow us on Instagram at BWPLV underscore. On Facebook, we are Brothers With Purpose. Check out our website or brotherswithpurpose.org. You can go there to find out everything about Brothers With Purpose, about our programming that we will be launching, about things we're doing in the community, about our board, everything is there. And also, again, on July 30th, July 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada, we will be having our first all-white party fun cocktail fundraiser, where you will be able to see this man in live and in color, Dang. Doing an amazing job performing But then also you'll be able to come out Support Brothers With Purpose You can go to Eventbrite to buy a ticket Or definitely go to our website And buy on um, purchase ticket Tickets are $25 Please support Thank you also If you know you can't make it on brunswickpurple.org you click that donate button on our very first page click that donate button and definitely send us a um, donation I thank you in advance thank you all for joining me today thank you E for being here and thank you that's it onward and upward y'all have an amazing and blessed day I love each and every one of you and there's nothing you can do about it
1: Come to give you.
0: Brothers With Purpose present to you podcast With Purpose, where we educate, elevate, entertain, and inspire individuals to reach their truest and most authentic self. We're going to have conversation, we're going to have laughter, and we may even cry, but we're going to have a good time doing it. I'm your host, Leo Wright. Let's get right into it.